When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Uh, this is actually the second time we're recording the Open here. Uh, there is You're going to hear three things to watch uh, in Chiefs-Browns coming up after the break. But there was a first segment of this podcast all about how Josh Dobbs was going to be the backup quarterback because Kevin Stefanski told us in his post-practice press conference today Dobbs was going to be the quarterback except something happened uh, after we initially recorded and when we're recording now, and that is Josh Dobbs getting traded to Arizona. So Mary Kay, this of course means Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the fifth-round rookie, is going to be the backup quarterback, which is pretty significant, to say the least. He won this job, obviously, with this preseason performance, but I guess asking are you surprised is kind of dumb because I think we were all a little surprised by this, but like... I mean, are you surprised that the Browns actually said, you know what, the rookie's the backup? You know what? Um, yes, I am. I am surprised that they decided uh, that they could make this move and feel confident enough going with DTR as their backup quarterback, um, you know, based on such a, a small sample size. But that's what happened. His emergence in this preseason made Josh Dobbs expendable. You don't give up Josh Dobbs if you don't think that DTR can get the job done. So it's a big leap of faith. And, you know, I mean, he did have a tremendous preseason. And I wrote this in my story that, you know, Brock Purdy last year, who went 5-0 and for the 49ers, he showed that a late-round quarterback uh, can come in in the right situation and excel. He went 5-0 and for the 49ers last year. The Browns watched everything that DTR did in preseason, and they absolutely loved what he did. But we, what we've been saying and talking about uh, for the past week or so is that it still isn't against a high level of competition. And, you know, it's not like Josh Dobbs has a ton of experience either. He's only started two NFL games. But it's a bit of a risk. It's a bit of a risk uh, for what they got in return. Yeah, I mean, the difference, of course, is you're, you know, you're going against a lot of the time second stringers or third stringers. Uh, You know, a a defensive coordinator is not preparing to stop you. They're very little game planning. It's all, it's very bare bones. They're not looking at these games like go win them. So, it is a big leap from what he's done to what he would be asked to do if he has to start a game, Ashley. But the other side of this is we always knew at some point DTR was going to be the backup. It's kind of just happening a lot faster than we thought it would. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely on an accelerated timeline, even from when we heard from Kevin Stefanski this morning, who, you know, basically said, yes, Josh Dobbs is our backup. Um And yeah, I mean, I think for me, and and I talked about this on the the lost intro to this pod, but I think like what's interesting is trusting DTR, not just like in the event he needs to actually start a game, right? Because that's one thing. But when you talk about the day to day for an actual backup quarterback in the NFL, and we've talked about this, like you, you play a big role in getting the starter ready for that week. 
Um, and, and Josh Dobbs has obviously made like a career so far out of being a backup QB. He's now going to have a chance to compete for that starting job in Arizona. But I think what was so intriguing about this idea to me was like the fact that Josh Dobbs knows how to do all that stuff. And then you don't have to lay all that at DTR's feet in his first year. Um, but I also see the flip side of, you know, now DTR, there's more practice reps available and things like that for him since we know Kevin Stefanski doesn't really go beyond that second team quarterback for those kind of reps. So um, I'm curious to see from the physical standpoint what it what it means for his development, but it's definitely surprising. Yeah, well, you know, the practice reps things, now, now that you say it is interesting, because those are going to start to dry up a little bit too, you know, once the season starts. He will, he will get some, and you know, I don't know if he'll run the scout team or if Kellen Mond will or if they both will, but even those kind of dry up a little bit. But I think the, the off-field part of it, Mary Kay is, is also interesting. Like Ashley was getting at, we've talked about why Josh Dobbs is important because he just knows how to do the job. He knows how to be a backup quarterback. Now Deshaun is going to be leaning on a rookie in DTR. And then of course, Kellen Mond, who hasn't been in the league very long and hasn't played very much. Well, here are a couple things to remember about that. Number one, DTR, who is very, very good friends with Deshaun Watson. They've been very close for a long time. Uh, He has started 48 games in college, okay? Now, we know that Josh Dobbs started a lot at Tennessee as well, and he's got six years' experience in the league. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson demonstrated during the preseason that the moment was not too big for him. And why is that? Because, again, he started 48 games. I did a comparison uh, against some of the other quarterbacks that we've seen come into the league lately. That is 35 more games than Mitch Trubisky started (laughs) in college, okay? 35 more. He started 13 games at North Carolina. Sam Darnold, same thing. He started almost no games. Trey Lance started very few games for San Francisco. These guys that come into the league that have not started a lot of college games – They struggle. They really do. They struggle. And the guys that started a ton in college, the game has slowed down for them. They played at a high level. He played in the Pac-12, of course. Uh, You know, they played at a very high level. They played in front of big crowds. And you can see the poise. You can see the savvy. So I think when they stacked those two guys up next to each other, they figured, you know, it's almost six of one, half a dozen of the other (laughs) when it comes time to throwing a number two into the game. And you only get four years, right? I mean, these contracts are short. And I, you know, I've, I've come around sort of on rookies, too. Like, we're going to see a bunch of rookies start now with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. They're both going to start. I, I don't know if Houston's made it official, but everything's pointing to that. They're both going to start right away. You know, Baker Mayfield, when he was here, he probably should have just started from week one. I might not have made a difference in the outcome of his career, but he should have started week one. It ended up being week four when he finally took over. So with these quarterbacks on these rookie deals, Ashley, that are affordable – you still only get a limited time here, so you do kind of want to maximize the asset, which it's a little different with a backup quarterback because you hope you don't have to see him at all except for maybe week 17 when maybe a game doesn't matter because you have things clinched up. But, you know, you do want to maximize that value. And if he's shown you on the field that he can play and he's ready, and if he's shown you in the meeting room, he's ready. And we see him doing those mental reps. Every, I mean, you come out to practice and he's right behind Deshaun or Dobbs and he's doing the exact same. He's just mirroring what they do. Um, then I guess to maximize the asset, you do just say, all right, you're the backup. Yeah. It's like, why delay it when, as we said, like we, you know, this is happening at some point, like barring something unforeseen, 
they want him to be the backup QB of the future. So if you were only going to have Joshua Dobbs for this year anyway, and you feel like DTR is ready now, I mean, you kind of see how the the line of thinking goes. Plus, like you add in, uh, well, there's the pick swap element of it too, so you get a little higher draft pick for him, and you send away the seventh round pick, which of course we talk about all the time. Andrew Barry doesn't like making those in his time here so far. He hasn't. He's only made what two of them, I think, Isaiah Thomas and Dawson Deaton yep. last year. Uh, because he traded away the one this year to the Ravens. So uh, you kind of accomplish a couple of things there, I think. And, and yeah, it's like why delay something that you were already planning for if you don't have to delay it and can maximize the value there? I did just, now that you point out that he traded a seventh-round pick, I actually just want to say thanks to Andrew Barry for giving us that <laughs> heads up. I might make dinner plans for that Saturday <laughs> night now of the draft, now that we know already there's not going to be a seventh-round pick. Um, so... <laughs> You know, is there any chance, Mary Kay, that we look back on this and say it was a mistake? Or is this was this just the move the Browns had to make? You know, I think, you know, the only way that it is a mistake, obviously, is if Deshaun Watson goes down early in the season with an extended type of serious injury, and all of a sudden you're looking at a rookie coming in. But if Dorian Thompson Robinson is up to the task. I mean, you, you never know. You just never know. So, you know, it's a risk. That's all I can say about it right now is that it is somewhat of a risk. You know, this is not like you've got Jacoby Brissett backing up Deshaun and you know that he can come in and he can for sure get the job done. But Dorian Thompson Robinson is a dual threat quarterback who can do uh, enough with his legs and his arms that you can craft game plans for him and and he can go out there and he can do some cool things and he demonstrated a lot of stuff in the preseason one of the things he showed he did in the preseason was he um, he blocked in a way that you know okay he showed his toughness but the coaches do not want him sticking his nose in there and also incurring penalties for doing that either. So he got a tongue lashing from Kevin Stefanski in the Eagles game after he um, committed an illegal blindside block. Both times he was blocking for his good UCLA buddy, Demetric Felton. Um, so he has shown a, you know, a toughness about him. He's not a big guy. I mean, he is not a big guy by any stretch. He's about uh, six foot tall, maybe a little bit more than six foot, probably listed at six one. He's on the slider side, so I think you'd almost have to like be a little leery of him getting hurt. You don't want him taking sacks. He's not going to be able to hold the hold the ball too long if he gets in there. But um, you know, all I can say about it right now is it is a risk. It's a calculated risk, and they will you know hopefully for them they won't have to find out if it's a mistake or not. I, I mean, I'll just say maybe there's just a chance that DTR is better. You know, maybe, I mean, maybe it is that some, maybe they just think he's better. And Dobbs has not looked great in camp. Um, he did, especially today specifically, he didn't look very good in practice. That is what it is. Uh, he didn't look great in the preseason game he played. This time a year ago, though, he was the, Mary Kay, you've said this, he was the DTR this time a year ago. He was just putting on a show. So, you know, who knows if that really matters. But, you know, maybe. We're going to look at this and say, hey, you know what? DTR is just better, and this was a no-brainer, and the Browns made the right move, Ashley. I mean, that's true, too, right? And we saw Josh Dobbs start those games for Tennessee last year, and it's not like that went super well for him either. But it's, it's just funny, even like from the DTR 
experience standpoint, like these are all conversations we were having about Joshua Dobbs a year ago. Like I think those couple of starts and just the fact that he was here kind of went a long way in the experience factor mind, but really like he had thrown what, like eight passes in the NFL before he started those couple of games for Tennessee last year. So I mean, it's not like he has a ton of experience either. That part of it might be a wash. And and DTR, I mean, it, it seems like this is what the Browns like about him. And I talked about it in what I've been impressed with is just he just has not seemed rattled by anything. So I think when you have a rookie that can do that and can kind of, like you said, Dan, take those mental reps even on the side, like that's something special. That's something that you can't teach. Um, and he seems to have those kind of intangibles. So if the talent on the field is there too, it's like, you kind of see how the thinking goes from there. Okay, so since last we recorded the first part of this podcast, the sun has come out. The backup quarterback has been traded. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, uh, you're, you'll get to hear part of that first recording of the podcast. We're going to look ahead to the Chiefs game and give you three things to watch. Back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. I mentioned our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can do it right now. Just swipe up, close that podcast app, and uh, go to Instagram. Look for Orange and Brown Talk and hit follow. Uh, some highlights already from today's practice are up there as well as on our YouTube channel. And then also become a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns the blue banner at the top of the page. You get a newsletter. You get to be one of our texters. And, of course, you get access to those stories that are behind the paywall at Cleveland.com slash Browns. So uh, three things all for really a pretty good price. So uh, check that out at Cleveland.com slash Browns the blue banner at the top of the page. Okay, Browns Chiefs. We're going to get to see some of the starters. We don't know for how long. We don't know how long Kansas City is going to play their guys or how long the Browns are going to play their guys, but we do know we're going to see Deshaun Watson. We're very likely to see Patrick Mahomes. So Mary Kay, what are you watching on Saturday? Well, you know what? I want to go back at the whole Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore connection. We've only gotten to see them uh, complete one pass together or connect for one pass in this preseason so far. It was the first pass against the Commanders, an eight-yarder, eight-yard catch by Elijah. Um, And I want to see more. We have seen so much of it out here in practice And Elijah is back from his rib injury, looking good, still a little bit limited. That's why you're seeing a lot of other guys roll in there. So he's not taking 100% reps right now. But, um, you know, when he is out there, he looks like Elijah Moore, the uh, all-purpose weapon that has been the star of training camp. So I want to see it against a live defense and against a really good, another good first-team defense of the Chiefs. Yeah, and we saw him line up all over the place. And... I, so we didn't get to shoot like 11 and 11 stuff today, but they're just, Ashley, they're showing some interesting things with what they're going to do with running back, some wildcat snaps, things like that. Um, I do think we're probably going to see some, I think there's a reason they were probably practicing it. We're probably going to see some of it on Saturday. So, you know, I want to see what wrinkles they might show to put on tape because everything you put on tape right now, Lou Anarumo and that Bengals defense, they've got to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like kind of the delicate balance of these games, especially this last preseason like dress rehearsal game, if that's what what we want to call it. Um, because like it's your last chance to really try these things out against another opponent, but 
it's also the last time you're putting stuff on film for your, you know, your first handful of opposing teams that I'm sure are going to use it. So I'm really curious, like Kevin's talked about that, like it's always a balance between what you're going to show and what you want to try. Um, so I am interested. Like, I do think we're going to see some of that stuff, just like we kind of saw some of the gimmicky stuff against the commanders on that first drive. Right. But I think they're not, they, they seem to not be overly afraid of showing that stuff off because like it is gimmicky to some extent. I kind of, I kind of get that thinking, right? Yeah, so I want to stay on the offense um, because I know we're going to get into some other areas. But I, elsewhere on the offense, there is like something else I want to see, and that's the running back room. I want to see like so. I don't think Nick Chubb will play. I, you know, I think Amari Cooper probably won't play. Nick Chubb probably won't play. We'll see. That could change. But these are the guys they've traditionally held out in in some of these games. Uh, I would be surprised to see Chubb. Where is Jordan Wilkins in all of this? You know, where is John Kelly in all of this? You know, with Jerome Ford out, Mary Kay, there is an opportunity there for one of these backs to grab that number two job, you know, before uh, before Jerome Ford gets healthy and gets back on the field. Yeah, I've been writing about this this week that right now Nick Chubb is the only sure thing at running back for the Cleveland Browns. Jerome Ford uh, has been out since August 7th with a hamstring injury. He's missed a ton of reps in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield, figuring out how to pick up the blitz. These are big responsibilities when you're in there on third down. So they're going to have to figure out what he's going to be ready for on opening day if he's even ready for opening day. So we've seen a lot of guys rolling in through there. Uh, You know, we saw a lot of Jordan Wilkins in practice today. Uh, I don't even know if I saw Demetri Felton hardly doing anything today. He got like two carries, but he's been going after John Kelly and Jordan Wilkins and whatever order those guys go. Yeah. And, you know, actually, you know, right now he probably is uh, the top candidate for that number three job. So it is, you know, kind of odd. They might just be kind of uh, taking it a little bit easy with him and seeing what else they can get out of Jordan Wilkins. He needs the reps now with those cuts to, uh, to 53 coming up on the 29th. Uh, so, you know, this will be a game for them to try to figure out, is Jordan Wilkins possibly their number three guy? Uh, you know, is it John Kelly or is it Demetri Felton? And some of it has to do with the style of the running back at that spot. I mean, do you want a guy to come in that can catch the ball out of the backfield? Do you want a guy to come in that can go out there and get 100 yards for you if you need it? Um, So, you know, these are are the kind of things they're going to be looking at. And, you know, with Dimitrik, the good thing about him is that he's versatile and he can also play receiver in, in special teams, which is key. But can he get those tough yards for you? and spell Nick Chubb? And can he spell Jerome Ford if he had to? And can he pick up the blitz, which Stump told us like he just isn't used to doing? So these are the kind of things that will all be weighed into the running back decisions. We need to talk to Stump, like, before they cut the roster down. Like, that day that they make the cut, he'll just, he'll just tell us straight up, like, on the record, who they're cutting and who they're not. Stump is just too honest. Um, Ashley, what are you watching on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to stick with what I said in our video, which on special teams, I think it's what everyone in Cleveland is going to be watching <laughs> for, and it is Cade York kicking and, and what he looks like, and if he's able to bounce back after those two misses um, at the end of the Eagles game. And, and you know, I think we, we were out there today. Cade made all six of his kicks. I think there were, like, two at the end of that final, like, two-minute period there. Um, and then four in, like, a field goal kicking period. So he was perfect again today. I'm pretty sure he's been perfect in every training camp practice so far. Um, but, again, I mean, it, 
not to keep harping on it, but it matters what he does in game situations. And this isn't quite that, but it's the last time we're going to see him before week one kicking a game. And I think it's important, at least for optics, that he does not have any mishaps after those misses last week. Yeah, I feel bad because, like today, he was 6 of 6 kicking the football and, you know, it just... It just felt so empty. Like, you know, that's great. Good for him. That's obviously a good thing. But, like, it's also just let's see what happens if he kicks Saturday. Let's see what happens against Cincinnati. I feel like that's where we're at with Cade. Uh, Mary Kay, Kevin was asked about if he would try to set some opportunities up for Cade on Saturday. I feel like he should. I feel like he shouldn't hesitate. If it's fourth down and you're 50 yards away, I would send Cade out there to kick. I think that's more beneficial than going for it on fourth down, especially if the starters are out and you're down to the second, third stringers or whatever. I think the bigger benefit is to send Kate out to kick. Yeah, it seems like he's been having uh, the most difficulty with 40 and out. And remember, right now, he is three of six in preseason. That's 50%, but that's official kicks only. He also missed another one in a game, a 47-yarder, that was nullified by that flag. So if I had any opportunity to get him out there for anything 40 yards and out, I would be doing it in a heartbeat. And even better, if you can give him a 47-yarder or a 49-yarder or a 52-yarder in the game, that's what you want to do. Because that's a major reason why you drafted him. You knew he could make those big kicks at the end of the game to win it for you, like he did against the Panthers last year. I mean, if you think about that, he misses that kick. They would have won six games last year, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, um... You know, you have to know that he can do this, and not just in practice, as as we've been talking about. There is something that is going wrong in a game situation for him right now. He needs to get it right, and Kevin needs to get him some of those chances. Yeah, I, I can't figure it out, and I'm certainly not a kicking expert. The only thing I can think of is right in practice, they snap the ball, and the guys just kind of stand up, and there's no rush. But even that, I don't know how much a rush actually should affect you as a kicker. I feel like you should be used to guys flying in from the sides. And um, those 40 to 49 yarders in the NFL anymore, Ashley, those things are like, you need to be almost yeah. automatic on those. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like one of the the distances that he really struggled with last year with some of those misses. And I think like when it comes down to the misses, what's so hard is to not like you know, it, it's like there is, I think, a mental piece to this, like with the caveat that we haven't heard from Cade, you know, a bunch about these misses besides him talking about that. Eh, it's like nothing mechanical or like he feels he hit the ball well and whatever. But I think when you go back to last year, when he's talking about that those misses, like tested everything for him, that he felt like he was back at LSU as a freshman and he didn't think he was going to have to go through a similar process again. Like, I'm just very curious to see how he's going to come out here and and respond because I think when you have a kicker a kicker who is as much of a perfectionist as he is, um, it's about focusing less on those mistakes and and it sounds maybe counterintuitive, but I think it's it's really important. Like kicking is so mental. That's the most maybe mental position there is out there when it comes to mental versus physical. Um, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm really curious. Like, I don't think there is an answer to how he's going to handle this season until he goes out there and does it. All right. Well, one more Cade question. Oh, there's the there's lightning in the area. That's what that means. Uh, so you'll hear that for a little bit here as we go along. Uh, but one more Cade question, Mary Kay, is there any scenario where Sunday and Kevin might not come out and say it, but on Sunday, the Browns are looking for a kicker. Yeah, there's a scenario. 
And that would be if they send him out there for two kicks and he misses them both. If they send him out there for a 47 and a 48 and he goes 0 for 2 to end up, you know, 3 for 8 and really sort of 3 for 9 in preseason, you have to be looking for another kicker. You would just have to be because you can't let your team down like that. You can't have it come down to, uh, you know, the final game-winning field goal and everybody's, you know, on the edge of their seat or keeping their fingers crossed. So, you know, I would say that is a scenario where you would really have to give it a lot of thought. They don't envision that happening. They don't want that to happen. But in, I would do it in a heartbeat in that case. The reality is here, Ashley, we're just going to be white knuckling this for a while until he really just, know. you know, until he may, I don't know what the number is, but eventually maybe you start yeah. to feel better about it when he starts making kicks. But this is just, it's going to be white knuckle time every time he goes out there. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't think, I know this is a major point of, like, angst for the fan base right now and, like, worrying about what he's doing. Like, I don't think there's anything, um, you know, and that's that's part of what makes it so difficult. I don't think there's anything that K-York can do right now to, like, quell any questions completely um, that have kind of been swirling around him since the end of last year. I think you just kind of have to go day by day and, like, slowly that confidence kind of builds. What's the Mike Pettinism, Dan, that applies to the situation that you like? Somebody emailed me, and I don't have the email in front of me. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. But I guess Mike Petton stole that from <laughs> uh, from an executive somewhere. Okay. Uh, but what it's uh, trust is lo- gained in drops and lost in yes. buckets, yes. something like that. And I and think that's, that's yeah. true. I think that applies perfectly here, honestly. So, yeah, it was it an under, it might have been an Under Armour executive. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Google it yourself. Um, okay. So, I was going to talk about the defense, and I think let's just do it this way real quick. Let's do a mini things to watch on the defense alone. Uh, I'm going to start actually with the linebackers because I think that's maybe one of the most interesting positions as far as who's going to make it and who's not. Uh, Jordan Kanashik has been like the most stable thing in that linebacking core. He's been like with the first team from spring until now so weirdly he's safe obviously JOK is fine you know Taki Taki like a lot of those guys are fine but Mary Kay I just want to see how that linebacker room shakes out and kind of who the starters are and who plays where and how often they play yeah there are definitely some decisions to be made there and that's in part because Anthony Walker and Sione Taki Taki uh, have not been 100% yet they're still ramping up take the drink um, and, um, and so, you know, we haven't seen them out there a hundred percent yet. And if they play in Kansas city, it probably won't be a ton. Um, in the meantime, some other guys have had an opportunity to step up and make a little bit of a name for themselves. Not the least of which is how do you pronounce his first name again? Mahmoud. Mahmoud Diabati. Um, so you know, he did a fantastic job in the uh, in the Philly preseason game. He was just all over the place. Uh, Dan, you're going to be writing a story about him. He We had an interview with him today, and he was great. And uh, so, you know, I have him on the 53 right now. I mean, he, he's he's got to make the team. If nothing else, he will contribute right away on special teams. Uh, but then, you know, you want to see, you know, how is JOK picking up his game this year? Uh, you know, there are a number of other guys, you know, Matt Adams, he's been injured. He's coming back and trying to see if he can still make the football team. So there are a lot of question marks there. 
Uh, Nick from Erie is uh, the person who found the quote. He says uh, after he Googled it, it's attributed to Kevin Plank, the founder of Under Armour. So shout out to Nick in Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm a big Erie fan. So uh, anyway, uh, Ashley, the linebackers and then like what position are you kind of keeping an eye on? Yeah, you know, I think for it's really interesting right now to kind of see how I think they're going to do that rotation on the front of their defensive line. But like we have to use the caveat here that like Miles Garrett's probably not going to play. There might be some other absences, but I mean, I just keep going back to like Jim Schwartz talking about wanting to rotate like nine or 10 guys up there. Like I'm curious to see who's going to play together. I'm curious to see where they're going to play. Um, I think that's like still the biggest question about this defense and maybe less so like who's going to make the team. It's just like, I'm curious to see how they're going to use those like 10 guys, let's say. And Mary Kay, I don't know if it's just preseason or if we'll see this during the season, but there's a chance we'll be sitting there watching games and midway through a drive, we might see four different guys out there all of a sudden. Like they might just do a full line change at, at some point. Yeah, the thing is, and I think this is so vitally important, you know, you can do that with the with the defense that you're taking to the Super Bowl because you've worked with them, they've worked with you, and they all know exactly uh, how you want to make those changes. But I think in the early going, I think he's going to have to be a little bit careful about not overdoing the rotation. Uh, I do get a little concerned about that. Why? Probably because we all watched the defense last year have communication issues, right, and have you know, even, you know, lineup issues and rotation issues. So, you know, I'm sure he's got a tremendous and wonderful handle on it. By the same token, I think they need to keep it just simple enough uh, that they keep guys fresh and that they don't start to confuse themselves a little bit. Okay, so there's one position left, Mary Kay, the defensive backfield. But, I mean, what are we watching there? Well, first of all, we're going to have to wonder who, you know, who's playing and who's not. And, uh, you know, A.J. Green is back now from from his shoulder injury, so hopefully he'll be able to get out there and play. Uh, You know, Denzel Ward is one that, you know, usually rests in these kinds of situations, so I'm really not expecting to see him. But I think what fans can, um, you know, can enjoy watching in this game that we have all seen throughout camp is just a really nice summer by Martin Emerson, Jr., And, of course, he's going to have some tremendous talent to go against if Andy Reid plays his starters for any length of time. And then Juan Thornhill, I'm telling you what, I mean, he's just been all over the place. I mean, he plays with a ton of energy, with his hair on fire. He's brought a great attitude. Now, Grant Delpit, who knows? I mean... He, uh, I think Kevin Stefanski said he is going to play in this game. I think so, yeah. Um, but if he does play in this game, it might not be a lot because he did suffer uh, an arm injury, and you want him to get to the season healthy. So I don't know if he'll play a ton, but those are some of the things to watch. Martin Emerson has gotten a lot of run on this podcast, and rightly so, Ashley. He had another good play today, too, in, in the end zone. Um, there's just a lot to like about him. I am excited to see him go against... Mahomes in this offense for however long they're out there. Yeah, was that the breakup against Jordan Akins in I the think, end zone? Because that's I think what I wrote it was, down. Yeah. Um, and again, that's like what we talk about with Martin, like the way he can match up with these bigger guys. And we talk about Jordan Akins as like basically a big bodied receiver. And that's a play like I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, Jordan should come up with that. But like, <laughs> I don't know what else you can do when you have a guy who plays like as smart and as physical as Martin can at times. Like it was one of the only plays I wrote down from that little red zone period. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think it's another, it's another opportunity to kind of see why, why we've been talking him up so much, I guess. Give me MJ versus Kelsey. Just give me one, <laughs> one rep of Martin Emerson. I would Emerson. love to see that so much. Right. And I think yeah. that's where, you know, against a guy like that, I'm not saying he's going to shut down Travis Kelsey in like the, the AFC championship game or something, but that's what you want out of Martin Emerson is a guy who can match up against players like Travis Kelsey and, and bigger guys like that. Okay. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We will be back at some point after the game. I don't know if it'll be on Saturday or Sunday, but we'll be back next at some point after the Browns play the Chiefs on Saturday. So just get subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. 